Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughter. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yes. It's a perfect game. Renato, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. We're both 670 The Score in Chicago producers, and our show is at Locked On Sox. And thank you for making Locked On Sox your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Sox is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, at Locked On Sox. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727. That is Harold Baines, AJ Brzezinski, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Timothy Anderson. If you want to leave us a voice or an email, lockedonsocks at gmail.com. Chris, it is an awesome night. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm a little sleepy, and so is Bill Walton. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. Because when you have a 6 to nothing ball game and then Mike Wright comes in, uh, that makes us very sleepy. And uh, the, everything of consequence happened. Uh, and not everything, but most things of consequence happened within so the first. Tating, yeah. Are you saying things that when Mike Wright came in and went left? You could say that. I would never say that. Um, that's just a stupid thing to say. So I wouldn't say that personally. <laughs> uh, hang on now. Yikes. Really? All right. Uh, so the White Sox do win 6-1 to one, uh, last night. And, uh, of course, the story of the night would be Carlos Rodon. But uh, the story for many of you out there, the over of uh, 90 and a half wins officially cashes at 91 wins for the Sox here. You were an under guy, correct? I was, yeah. yeah. I was an over, but, uh, but not by much. I don't remember what I ended up saying, but I, I don't think I was like a 94, 95 win guy. I think I had. I think you're right at 91. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, let's hope for a three-game skid here going to the postseason, right? I'd rather, rather, have, rather be right than have the Sox be good. Am I right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. We don't want that. Who said that? Uh, so, yeah, congratulations if you had that over this season. Uh, that was quite a ride to get there. It's not the route that, you know, we, we mentioned all the time. It's not the route you would have chosen or thought that we, they would have had, but it's the how they got there regardless. So, uh, look, you know, uh, there is a news item here. Uh, just a disgraceful act by Tim Timmons running into Tim Anderson, uh, causing a suspension of three games for Tim Anderson with that rhubarb, the melee up in the in Detroit. So Tim is, I don't know, is he going to appeal that? He Yes, he appealed that. And more than likely, you know, he's going to probably miss – at least two games of the weekend here, depending how quickly they, they sort through this appeal, and maybe even opening day of 2022 uh, if they if they reject his appeal. So T.A. is going to be on the shelf here, and I feel sorry for anyone that's going out there to the ballpark with your family and you want to see T.A. before the postseason. Maybe you're not going to get to the postseason, but that, that really sucks. He hits a bomb last night, but that really sucks for you if you want to go see T.A. because uh, 
MLB suspended him for bumping Tim Timmons, the the umpire. And after seeing a couple shots of the video, it was like the Zapruder film there. Then uh, NBC Sports Chicago showed the actual video, and you can kind of see. But for to single out TA as the lone guy with the suspension, I thought that was pretty ridiculous. I mean, I got my own thoughts on that, but yeah, it's ridiculous as hell. Talk to him, Herb. Talk to him. No, I ain't. Because these out here just making me mad. Like, seriously, it's a scrum. He's not out there to bump Tim Timmons, who, by the way, parents must have hated him, named him Tim Timmons. That's a dick move. Um, But, yeah, that's garbage, real garbage. Like, no one's out there trying to bump you. They're out there in a scrum helping their own people out. He's not looking to exact revenge or anything on the damn umpire. Get over yourselves. That's ridiculous. And if he was doing that, you don't think that Tim Timmons would have thrown him out immediately? Come on now. That's some garbage. You do it two days after. I'm just so pissed. Like, I hope they get the resolution this off day today. They say we're going to reduce it to one or two games. And Tim gets to play the finale, which I'll be at on Sunday. And we get to see him off uh in a good fashion after they destroyed Detroit and get the first or get the second seed in home field on Thursday and Friday. That would be my thing. Cause the opening day, him not playing would be ridiculous. And I think we're hosting opening day next year. So I'm be very furious. If you go to opening day and there's no TA, the straw of the white Sox, especially when they're celebrating their championship as you predicted early in the year. <laughs> yeah, man, raising a banner and have the star of, uh, of your league, the star of your team not be there. That, that That's that's horrendous. So I think they will, uh, you know, uh, approve that that appeal. Uh, and, you know, or maybe he can serve it at any time that he chooses. Maybe it doesn't have to be opening day. I don't know how that works. But either way, it's dumb. And just after I applauded the umpiring crew for uh, breaking up that, scuffle and making sure that it did not lead into something that it, it, it ended up not turning out into being, you know, they, they, they kept everyone safe and no punches were thrown. I thought they did a good job of separating players, but this was, uh, you know, really just like kind of nitpicking. I think, you know, uh, I think the instigator of the fight is the, the Tigers pitcher who shall go, or he will remain nameless here. And you saw Sonny Gray, a true professional out there after Pito got hit last night, you say, Hey man, my bad that, you know, didn't mean to do that. You know, so that's a true professional out there, not some young kid out there flapping his gums at the MVP. And meanwhile, TA is the only one who gets suspended. That's ridiculous. He didn't inside anything. Uh, and to me, that's what it's all about. Um, but anyway, Carlos Rodon tonight, Herbie, or last night, you know, I'm gonna, I'll preface everything we're going to say tonight with this because there's a lot of mixed opinions out there and a lot of people seeing the, the final line for Carlos Rodon, which is as follows. Carlos Rodon tonight, he goes five innings, gives up just the one hit, no runs, two walks, four strikeouts. People will see that final line, and they'll say, Carlos pitched a really good game. Um, that is accurate. The results, you can't argue with the, those results. Uh, they will say, hey, Carlos Rodon's back. That is inaccurate. Uh, this is not the same guy uh, that we saw earlier on this season. And, and I will preface it all by saying, you know, I obviously know uh, you can get people out many different ways. The art of pitching, uh, you know, you there's no one way to get people out in this league, especially this time of the year when it really counts. You know, uh, pitching is not about strictly velocity alone. 
It's about changing speeds, varying the eye level, you know, uh, you know, speeding someone's bat up, slowing it down, you know. So having said all that, that was not good out there from Carlos Rodon, at least in the sense of big picture, postseason, that's we can't have that, Herb. That that is not what we're looking for here. That's pretty much what we dreaded. Uh, the results were were fine, and they won the game, which could help them with with seeding, uh, with with home field advantage versus the Astros. That still gonna, it remains to be to be told. But topping out at ninety three, uh, very very limited use of the slider. That's not the Carlos Rodon that that we know that got the Sox here to this point. And and quite frankly, I don't know if that. Carlos Rodon can be effective in the postseason, Herb. What did you think of Carlos last night? I thought he was timid. Um, I think you tweeted me or texted me during the game, and it's like, you know, maybe Carlos only has X amount of sliders he has left, and what, he threw, I think, seven, as they said. He struck out uh, his last guy with the filthy slider. Yeah, But, you know, it didn't look like the guy that was in the middle of the year and maybe he ran out of gas and yeah, I don't know. I will probably hear from him later, but it's just so frustrating to know that this guy has gone through what he's gone through. And then at the end of this year, he's sitting 91. Now he was getting these reds hitters out, but a lot of pop flies, a lot of balls probably not hit hard, but in the air in Houston, Probably a little bit more damage. The double that was um, Luis almost caught, that was hit pretty hard. Um, and only the reason that Luis had a chance is because he's Luis Robert. But ultimately, people are going to look at this game and say, five innings, only one hit, guys. What are you complaining about? It's not about the result on this one. You saw that. Did you feel good about that, guys? Like Steve initially was like, hey, he was going to ramp up to something bigger. And when it didn't, I think Steve at the realization, too, is like, he's not the same guy. And this in the playoffs probably won't work, especially versus that Houston team. He's five to six miles less than he was. So his changeup and his fastball don't have that the difference between them that people are like, okay, uh, that's uh, 97 and he's throwing this 83 mile per hour changeup. Today he was uh, sitting 80 for his changeup and then he got down to like 78 on his slider. Filthy sometimes and sometimes hanging middle middle sliders. Yeah, that was the big thing for me, Herb, is not only just you know, obviously the, the, the downtick on velocity was a huge concern, the limited use of the slider, even bigger concern for me. Um, because that can be the equalizer, you know. No matter how f- hard your fastball is, like if that slider's got the depth to it, you can probably overcome a lot of things. And obviously, the addition of the of the changeup or adding it more to the mix that was a huge part of the success success tonight. But again, you know, I, I think one of the first things that I saw that was pretty jarring in this game, you know, you, you look at the the one I texted you about it was like an eighty eight mile per hour fastball right over the belt, you know, of uh, I don't remember if it was Stevenson, but you know, it was just – it was not hit incredibly hard. I, I think they were not expecting that look from Carlos, you know. So you, you had a lot of pitches that were that were dead red, and the Reds just could not do anything with it. You know, it was really concerning to me. You know, you go to the first inning. 
You know, he strikes out India, uh, he tops out at 91, uh, but he does get him out on the slider early. And so you thought, okay, maybe if he's got the slider working, you can, you know, overcome a lot of this. But then he just, you don't see it a lot after that. You get Stevenson uh, flied out to Robert, 90 mile, mile per hour fastball. And then he gets Suarez on the slider, which he did later on in the ball game also. Second inning, uh, Farmer gets him on a chest high 91 mile an hour fastball. Uh, to fly out to, to Luis Robert. Chest high, 91, and they couldn't do, yeah. any, do anything with it. Um, he walks Barrero. He gets the shields on the changeup, uh, so that was fine. Um, and then you go to the third, Schrock. He gets him to fly out to uh, to Eloy and left. You know, 88-mile-per-hour fastball. I think that was the one that was right over the belt, and uh, he just could not do anything with it. You know, and you know then he gets Fr- uh, Friedel. Uh, with that double that was hit, you know, he threw that one 91 miles an hour, and that ball was a, a, a rocket. No, excuse me, this is the ground out to uh, to Leary, but it was still hit pretty hard on the ground, and it was only 91 miles an hour coming out of his hand. Uh, India hits one 93 miles per hour, flied out to Roberts uh, to end the third. Stevenson in the fourth. This one was hit really hard. That's the the uh, double you were talking about. Hit out to Robert, who normally, you know, he gets he comes up with that. He made a hell of an attempt at that one, but he wasn't able to come up with it. And then to me, that's when you started to see this thing really trend downward. And even though he, he gave up no runs, I know, but he ends up striking out Suarez on, on his best slider of the night, I think. And then he gets uh, Farmer to fly out to Robert, and then another fly out to Robert from Barrero. But then you start to see the the slider go away a little bit, and he's approaching sixty pitches, and and you're just starting to see him just battle a little bit more, and it's he's not as efficient, and he starts to lose the command a little bit, I think, because um, he walks Aquino later on in that fifth, um, and you know induces a couple more flyouts here, you know, with uh, you know ninety mile an hour pitches. So this is not encouraging. Um, you may be able to get out of a game, you may get lucky in in one series doing this, but with the Astros, I'm not so sure uh, if that's the team that I'm going to bet that on. You, you know, you may be able to just get by on the different look because the Astros have seen him this year and it was mm-hmm. a lot different. You may be able to surprise them with adding more of the changeup in there. And if, you're, if your control is pinpoint like it was last night, maybe you can do the piggyback with Kopech thing. But I just do not have a lot of confidence in Carlos Rodon going into the postseason. But this game is stupid. It's funny. A lot of crazy things can happen, but I just I do not think they're going to run them out there in, in any games of consequence, really. Not when you have guys that are uh, pitching as good as they have all year. Lance Lynn, maybe not so much, but he's a pro. you got to figure he's going to be ready. But Giolito's pitching great. Cease is, is, is great. Kopech, you know, he, they're extending him, and he had a hell of an outing last night. So I just, I just don't see a scenario where you can feel good about running him out there against the Astros. Yeah, and you're talking about those high fastballs with little velocity, 90-91. They were popping up to Luis, and maybe he felt the conditions were right for that type of pitch, and that's would be the result of those uh, at-bats because we only saw home runs on the White Sox side. Um, But I don't know. If you're in Minute Maid Park and a 90-mile-per-hour fastball might be going over the wall, especially to the Crawford boxes. Um, Short porch and right, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, can, and, you can pitch the deep part of the ballpark in that park because that's, you know, you're talking about that. It's like, what, at least 410 out there to dead center. So, but that's that's a hard thing to do, man. That's a tough high wire act to balance on there, uh, pitching to the, to the big part of the ballpark. Yeah. And if it's 
like initially, you know, I wanted him to pitch the first game because of the success he's had versus the Houston Astros. And some might say they want them to pitch in that Houston Astros series while they're in Houston. It's really tough for me to say, yeah, on that one. Game four, it's a coin toss for me between him and Raylo if we get there. So I don't know. I just want Carlos to get the money he deserves in this offseason. If some team believes in Carlos just ran out of steam and he's not injured, give him a bunch of money. And I hope that's the White Sox say, hey, man, Carlos, good job. Here's a three-year deal. Hey, Carlos, two-year deal. Man, we really love what you're doing. And we think that guy who showed up in the first half and a little into the second half is more the guy that than the guy that showed in the late innings. We know in the off-season program, you're going to have a little bit more conditioning. You're going to be fine because that was a full season that you hadn't had in a while. So here's a two, three-year deal. That will be great because it will be a shame if Carlos has to go year to year because of his injury history and this uh, end of the season where he's kind of sputtering. Yeah, there's a lot of bums out there cashing real-ass checks, and, and I don't, this guy is a competitor out there. He's a warrior, but he's also got that bad track record. But I think the Sox should – you know what, what? You know this. We're not gonna. I won't get into the contract thing yet because there's still a lot of baseball to be played. Hopefully, and he still could make a contribution here, and he could come out the next start after. You know, you're talking about like you know the the, the DS is scheduled to start what uh, basically a, a week from today, right? Yep. So you mm-hmm. know, and then he's not gonna pitch for you know one, two, three, possibly five days after that. So you're talking twelve days. That's nearly two weeks of rest there. So. That's a situation where who knows what he'll look like then. You know, I, I, he'll throw a side, most likely. You know, at some point in between, and they'll they'll get a good look at it, and he'll he'll try to go max effort and see what he's working with. And we 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 just won't know for another couple of weeks on this. So you know, unfortunately, we'll have to table this discussion here. But you know, that that's that's the situation that we're living in right now. So uh, Carlos spoke after the game to Jason Benetti and Steve Stone, and he seemed uh, pretty resigned. Uh, to uh, his fate uh, and where he's at with his with his arm, uh, with the velocity, all that stuff. I thought this was pretty telling stuff here on NBC Sports Chicago after the game. What was your goal tonight? Uh, just go out there and compete, um, and get ready for the postseason. Get a How'd win. you feel? Uh, good, good enough. Had to go out there and pitch, and uh, you know, didn't have that hard fastball, but. Had to rely on change-up slider and mixing fastballs in and out, up and down. So it worked out. You threw some very good change-ups tonight. Was that part of the game plan, or did you just adjust? Um, honestly, whatever he has calls, I just throw it. So um, he knows the script, and just follow him, follow his lead. What are you hoping for for the postseason? Uh, to win. Flat out, that's it. When you were warming up in the bullpen tonight, mm-hmm. Did you have what you felt was your good stuff? Uh, not really. Uh, you have those days, you know. You know those days that you feel yeah. real good. Uh, and there's days that, you know, you're going to have to work and grind. And it was one of those. So um, I'm just glad I can, I can show I can pitch. How do you feel looking back on your season, this being your final regular season start, the journey that this was? Where are you with that right now? Um, it was fun, man. Uh, it's been a while since I've played a full a full season. Um, I don't know, well, three years, two years, I can't remember now. But um, it, it's just nice to be able 
to still be standing here in September and this end of September and uh, just to be able to help out the team and, and win some games. Um, like I said, I hadn't done it in a while and, uh, you know, couldn't do it without a, a lot of people's support, um, a lot of people believing in me. And, uh, you know, I just there's too many people to thank. So um, they know who they are. So thank you guys. All right, so there he is. There's Carlos Rodon. Uh, that, uh, man, that was kind of heavy right there. Um, that mm-hmm. seems like a guy who knows he's at the end of something rather than, than the exciting beginning of the postseason. He was very reserved and very deliberate with, with what he was saying to Jason and Stoney there. I, I'm, I'm not encouraged by that. I'm happy for him that he was able to get through the season. I don't know what next year is going to hold for him. I don't know if he's going to get the big contract that maybe he thought he was going to get, but that uh, that kind of struck me there, that, that interview after the game with Jason. I, I think he realizes that he's at the end of his rope here. Yeah, and I think in his heart of hearts, he knows like this was a marathon that he hasn't, like he said in the clip, that he hasn't done in a long time. So I'm thinking that he thinks this is just a regular fatigue of that. It's not being hurt because the MRIs came out, but he hasn't thrown over five innings since the July 18th start versus Houston, which was spectacular. He gave up one earn or one run. I don't even think it was earned. No, in that one, he gave up nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. They walked like, it off uh, after he exited the ball game. Yeah. So he's been great. He's been great this whole year. And then, you know, this latest, you know, innings of five, four, five, 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 you know, kind of frustrating probably for him. He's losing steam at the end of it. Maybe he uh, went on E with that start because he knew the Houston Astros. He wanted to show out. But this start he had right now in the playoffs, all you need is five. And the guy that showed up today with his sitting at 91, Getting up to 93, the Reds are a good hitting team, but they didn't have two of their good hitters. So Vado and Castellanos didn't play. I don't know if I want him on the mound, but if this is the effort you're going to get, it's enough for the playoffs. But I'm not encouraged like I was like three weeks ago where I was like, okay, Carlos are number one going versus Houston. Yeah, and that in that inning in that interview he had with Steven Jason right there, I feel sorry for him, but I also I feel heartened that he got through this this whole thing without being seriously injured. And, you know, we said and I speculated that going three and the three earn he gave up in Detroit was a bad omen. And Tony was feeling bad. And then a whole week we Tony's like, we'll see what happens. And they knew he didn't have the 97 premium stuff. But and he just admitted sometimes you just got go out there and pitch. And that's what he did today versus Cincinnati. It's encouraging. He had a great outing for himself. It's encouraging that they saw that. I don't know if they're going to trust him to pitch. I I think one, two, three is going to be Lynn Gilito cease. And then it's a roll of dice. If they get to game four, I don't know if they're going to pitch him or they're going to pitch Ray Lowe. But if they do pitch him, it's going to be on a really short leash. Yeah, I think a lot of it will be dictated by what the record in the series is you know I think mm-hmm. that'll you know I think if they're in a position where maybe they're up to one um you know I think you're gonna see Lynn come back out there you know in a short series you don't have 
uh, you have the luxury of not having to mess around a little bit and you want to wrap it up sooner than later because as other teams around the league do their series, maybe they go to five, you'll have extra time there. So you want to wrap it up as swiftly as possible. So I, I tend to uh, to think that, you know, maybe they will piggyback them. And there was some more encouraging things that happened in this ball game here tonight. Uh, speaking of the guy they may piggyback with Rodon, Michael Kopech, we'll talk about him and the offense after a quick timeout next here on Locked on White Sox. Hey Sox fans, it's Chris Tannehill here along with Herb Lawrence with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code BASEBALL. Download it now. Get Upside. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so there's a lot of variables here going on with this pitching staff. And if indeed last night was a situation where you could see a little bit of a playoff foreshadowing here, you know, you're not necessarily thrilled with the first part of that and Carlos Rodon, but you have to be pretty encouraged by what you saw from Michael Kopech tonight. He gets the hold, three innings of work, gives up just the one hit, walks two, strikes out three. His velocity was up there. He was getting it up 98, 99 plus uh, consistently. And, you know, you talk about two different guys, man. You talk about, you know, one guy whose, whose arm his, and shoulder has been through hell and back and Carlos Rodon. They've both had the Tommy John surgery. But one guy's got a, you know, he's just a little bit younger and he's, his body can bounce back a lot quicker. And Kopech still getting it up there, nearly triple digits every time out is pretty impressive considering his road that he's taken to get here. And he was pretty damn good last night. Yeah, and they've taken good care of his arm. Where all the criticisms that Tony gets, and if you want to give some criticism to Ethan Katz on what Rodon has gone through, you know, kind of sputtering to the end, they've done the opposite with Kopech because they understand that he's probably more of the future of this team, and working that arm back from Tommy John and a couple years off is very valuable, and him being hurt in the middle of the year was kind of a, a godsend. It saves some bullets that he'll have for the playoffs, but yeah, he looked great tonight. I like his pitch mix. I like his attitude. I like just every how he carries himself out there. I would love to see him uh, in a role where he's the first man out of the bullpen after Lance goes six innings and shuts down the Astros, and then you go right to Kopech. Because I don't know if they're going to get our guy, your guy, actually, Tempura. Tempura. <laughs> back in time. Yeah, that guy in time to throw, which I would love him to be the first guy out of the bullpen. But if you have Kopech with that Texas swagger, our quarterback, QB1, <laughs> I would love it. 
Yeah, man, and I and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't I, I gotta tell you I wouldn't absolutely hate him starting a, a bullpen game and then running Ray Low right after him. I would not hate that, uh, but we'll talk about that as we get closer to it. And I'm just looking at my uh, yeah the te- the tempura thing. Tempura. That's uh, you know hopefully we see him out there Friday. You know because that's a big loss if they can't get him going. But I would like to think that they're going to get him going. I think that's just a formality at this point because he's been practically he's been their best reliever other than Liam Hendricks here over the past month or so. So hopefully he'll be out there and that blister or the uh, the, the the cut he had on his finger uh, will uh, be all healed up and he's feeling good. And because that, that's something you really want to make wait till the last possible moment so that thing doesn't open back up on you. So the, the laceration is what they were calling it. So, uh, but yeah, nice job by the pitching staff, uh, Rodon and Kopech uh, with their, their collective shutout. And then Mike Wright came in at the end and spoiled the shutout, but, uh, and also spoiled uh, me getting a little extra sleep tonight here. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, a little preview of Friday's show here. We're going to go over our playoff roster. Rick Hahn and Tony are going to be convening on Friday, putting the roster together, but we're going to have the show where we put our roster together, or at least what we think it should be, and we've been on this for, I don't know, has it been a couple months now with Gavin Sheets? Mm -hmm. Talking about someone being a guy who can come off the bench and now he's putting himself in a position where maybe not off the bench maybe he's you're starting dh against a right-handed pitcher but gavin goes deep once again and then he gets another rbi single going the opposite way and one thing i have on my notepad about gavin sheets after he did that hitting a bomb and then going opposite field uh that's jim tomey that's the jim tomey stamp right there it's pretty clear he's been working with these young guys and i see a lot of jim tomey and gavin sheets and i'm not saying he's gonna be a hall of famer but it's just i love the kid's approach so much like he does his eyes don't get big out there even after hitting the bomb he's just trying to do the right thing put the ball in play uh, this kid is has got to be on the playoff roster at this point a hundred percent and people are putting out their projections for that it'll be a perfect platoon between him and andrew vaughn andrew vaughn who famously hits lefties really hard and you have uh gavin sheets who that laser out there he hit to right field of course you every time you see it you're like man this is awesome Right now, what with Gavin Sheets and whatever he does, it's house money. We weren't expecting it, but he's proving that the White Sox system and whatever they're doing, if it's, like you said, Jim Tomey effect, he's working with these youngsters, getting them ready. Whoever they've been bringing up this year has done the job in limited time or like Gavin Sheets for a long time. He's been very impressive. I would 100% have him on the roster and start him for many of those games versus Houston. I think they have Frambrell Valdez that is a lefty. Otherwise, I think mostly right-handers. So I would love him to be that first game starter versus Zach Greinke and eat that garbage pitch here up. But like you were saying, he did that same thing the other day on Tuesday where he hit the home run to right, and then he got a high fastball that was kind of the outside portion of the plate and took that stuff to left. Yeah, That's man. what you have to do as a young hitter. And I believe the second time around, I think that was on a, on a breaking ball. So he, he hits the, uh, the 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 fastball for the home run, and then he takes the breaking ball the other way. That's just that that's just good professional hitting right there from a youngster. He tipped the cap right there. Uh, Abreu getting plunked again. I know you know uh, we we talked about it, but. You know, uh, the montage of Abreu getting hit with the pitches, uh, that's something I could have done without tonight. Uh, you just, you know, plunk, plunk, plunk. Here's one off the head. Here's one off your ribs. Here's one off your elbow. I uh, forgot about the one off the head. Ugh. Oh, scary stuff, man. Um, that was, a, was that the same weekend as when he got into the collision with. Uh, uh, no, it was, that was later in the year. Okay. He got hit in the head later in the year. Um, you're talking about. Um, 
Hunter Dozier. Dozier, yeah. He left that game and then, like, on that Sunday, walked him off <laughs> right. on a uh, pass ball wild pitch. Yeah. Um, and Leary, man, you know, this is one of those things, too, where Tony's going to look at who's playing the best baseball right now going into the postseason. When, you know, I don't think it's, that it's any, I think it's a, also a formality that Leary's going to be on the playoff roster. I think he deserves to be on there because of his versatility. And there's an easy spot for him here. But he's playing his best baseball of the season heading into the postseason. And we've talked about him on the show since the show's inception. Uh, But just for him to put together a really nice season like that and to do a lot of the the little things on this team, like getting on base with the infield single uh, before Sheets' bomb and just doing all the things that that he does, man. He's playing a really good brand of baseball right now. and, uh, And I'm proud of this guy for you know, uh, raising his level of play as the postseason gets closer here. And you never know, man, with the, with October, anyone can be a hero, man. You guys remember Jeff Blum. So uh, I'm just I'm just thrilled for this guy that he's playing a good brand of baseball, and it's obviously his teams like him. And I think, Herb, like his walk-off home run a few weeks back, I think maybe that, you know, put a little uh, pep in his step a little bit, you know. Um, I think that had to have been uh, – a rewarding moment for him, his first walk-off home run at any level, and he's been pretty much playing well nonstop ever since that uh, walk-off home run he hit. Yeah, and as I say, I crap on him whenever he does anything bad, so I got to give him his props. He has turned himself into a nice baseball player, a guy that can contribute on a winner. He's a guy, I think you've said it time and time again. I was going to say, yeah. he like, You need these type of guys. Well, yeah, I always envision, like, you know, people would ask me about, you know, Who's going to be on this team when they're good? And this is, I'll give myself a uh, Barry Horowitz pat on the back right now. But I had always said, like, you know, I think Leury can hang around on this team when they're good because I think, like, if he's your bottom of the roster guy, like your, you know, your your poor man's Ben Zobrist who can play anywhere. You know, obviously Ben Zobrist was a starter, but you know what I mean. Just a guy that you can mm-hmm. put her all in, anywhere on the diamond and, you know, give you a, you know, a switch hit appearance here or there. Like, that's a guy that I would like to keep around that could be pretty valuable. And he survived over all these guys. Yomer, you know what I mean? Like, people were in love with Yomer, and now we don't even talk about him anymore. But Liuri has withstood all of that. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, the, the fact that they, they hung on to certain guys here, they, they saw the forest through the trees, and they said, you know what, Liuri's a guy, there's no reason to get rid of him because his tools – are useful and over the course of 162 you need guys like that like you said uh, you know when you were quoting your very smart partner here so yeah man it's <laughs> it's good to, it's good to see him playing well and you, you, you just never know who can come up and you know you just put bat on the ball late in the game in a postseason game when you need a big run driven in you just never know who's going to be up in those spots man and I, and I feel pretty good about pretty much anyone on this roster right now uh, in those situations here and for Leary this month of September he's hitting 360 398 and 523 that's the slash lines that's amazing i mean the season average is 270s on base is 340 which is awesome for a guy for anybody and for a guy who gets limited playing time and nowadays he's getting more playing time not slugging for anything but like you said he was in boston that home run or at home at from Boston where he ended the game where I didn't think he was going to do that. I was like, oh, here we go. Extras. Jason in the call pretty much like, uh, you know, yeah, on the 10th inning, we're going to have this, that, and the other. Like, forget the 10th inning. Larry <laughs> yeah. sends us home. It was two outs, uh, home run. So ever since then, he's been solid. I think he's gotten hits in most of those games in September. So, yeah, if he can provide anything either off the bench or starting a role, I don't know if I necessarily want him in right field. I think if Andrew Vaughn's healthy or if we saw today uh, Adam Engel back in right field, one of those guys starts right field. But 
a hundred percent he could start over Cesar Hernandez. Do that. Okay. All right. I see what you're doing. All right. I th- I talked. Remember, we talked about early, early in the season, Leary locking down in, in a late inning defensive switch. You know, but that was when Johan was going through his struggles, like maybe putting him at third because he's got the arm. But yeah, man, uh, I see. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Caesar's hitting a little bit, but maybe uh, you you throw. Uh, I don't even know if you throw Leary out there at second base. I think I think you're good enough with with Caesar there. You know, unless there's a runner on base, then <laughs> 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 you, you may have to sub him out in the middle of the inning there. But yeah, man. Uh, your, your point is well taken. Uh, finally, on the offensive side, ho-hum, uh, Tim Anderson with another bomb, uh, playing really well here heading into the postseason. It's just, if you could, you could not have drawn this up any better for TA, except you'd wish you'd not have him suspended for the final three games of the season, but it is what it is. But he's, uh, you know, if this is indeed is his last uh, appearance, and I think that would have been his last at-bat of the uh, regular season, ending it with the bomb, I think that's a good sign heading into the postseason. Yeah, and do you know who the home plate umpire was today? Uh, was it uh, Tim Timmons? It was Tim Timmons, <laughs> was and it? when Tim Tim Anderson had that home run, he crossed the plate. It looked like he said a couple words to I, Tim Timmons. I looked like, away. Yep. I looked away I in that moment. Yeah, yeah, you could just see him there, and they cut away after he crosses home plate. But it looks like it's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like uh, that just in the direction of tim timmons who is looking the other way looking at the pitcher tim is going behind him and just mouthing something it's you know <laughs> if you go on twitter right now you could probably just look up tim anderson tim tim timmons and see that he's giving him the what for is like hey man you know i didn't do all that and do it on purpose <laughs> we're in a scrum and whatever goes on in the scrum is a fair game as long as i'm not doing it like to you personally like, ugh, just I saw the thing and I'm just, yeah, it looks like there's some separation between the two and maybe Tim p- pushes him. But when you see Tim Timmons like do a, a, a motion like he's kicking him out. But Tim, I think, played the rest. No, he didn't start. He didn't play that game, but I didn't see him get kicked out of that game. Like there was no official thing except for Miguel Cairo getting kicked out of that game. Um. So in terms of uh, just putting a capper on uh, on Carlos Rodon, um. In the post game, Tony was asked about Rodon's performance, and he basically said uh, they're going to reserve judgment until on Rodon until uh, they see how he feels tomorrow and Friday. Uh, but thought he was really good tonight, so I think that's that's pretty fair. Uh, you know, I didn't want to throw in the bouquet too early here, so we'll see where we're at with it. Um, yeah, man, another solid win for the White Sox tonight. We'll wrap it up next here on Locked On White Sox. And we're brought to you today by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. They've got a new updated website with a new interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football and even baseball. For example, Herb, you know, they don't have uh, the playoff uh, futures up yet, but you can still make a play for division winners and obviously the White Sox have sewed up their division but you look at some of these other things that you can still make a bet on at bet online they've got the NL East and the NL West races up right now if you want to bet on the Phillies they're plus 375 to win the East Uh, the Braves minus 550 out in the West plus 325 to the Dodgers if you want to make that wager against the Mm. the white hot uh, San Francisco Giants at minus 450 there so there's still some interesting plays if you think the uh, the Giants or the uh, the Dodgers can come back against the Giants there and make it interesting. That's all right there for you. And uh, just taking a look at this uh, Bears line, this early Bears line, whew, 
Bears are three-point favorites at home this Sunday against Detroit uh, with an over-under of 42-and-a-half in this one. Under. Yeah, yeah, way under. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bears getting the, the absolute minimum respect here uh, for a home team uh, with, with the three points there. So, yeah, man, uh, I, you know, that's not one I would particularly touch. But they're all on, they got all the matchups posted here. Uh, at Bet Online for uh, all the uh, football matchups this weekend. So, uh, again, Bet Online, that's the number one spot if you're looking to uh, make some money here and place a friendly wager for baseball, football, whatever. They got all sorts of stuff. They got TV and entertainment stuff on there. You can make plays on that as well. It's always a great time. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts this episode of locked on white Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com you know with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of automobiles it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car's ever going to need so why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your odyssey an lx or is it an ex then you say well I'm not sure about that. Then you have to go back outside and check your car and you've had your car for years and you should know what it is <laughs> by now, but you don't. So you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory and order the parts that only their warehouse has. Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of inventory right there on your phone in your pocket at rockauto.com? I already mentioned a clear example of why you save time by going to rockauto.com and not to one of those chain stores. But did you know that those chain stores, they'll often charge you 30% more, 50% more, or even double for the same parts at their stores or, God forbid, a car dealership. You're going to get better prices at rockauto.com. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 listed at a chain store. RockAuto.com, only $216. And best of all, Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've been a sponsor and a friend of this podcast for two seasons now. You see, because Rock Auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for everyone, for the do-it-yourselfers and the professionals. And it's not only the prices or the convenience. They also have everything that you're going to be looking for. Go in there and take a look for yourself. If you need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, they've got you covered at rockauto.com go in there and explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us a favor right locked on and there how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right, Herb, one more show to complete the regular season. Well, not technically, because we'll have a wrap-up of the weekend on Monday. But Friday, mm-hmm. we're going we're, we're gonna to end the week strong here. And I've only got one more sleep, Herb, until the Many Saints of Newark movie. I took the day off of work from e- and everything, and I'm going to go see this movie by myself. Uh, I have not decided which theater I'm going to yet, but I'm so excited. And we got our final show of the week here. And as Tony and Rick convene and construct their postseason roster, you and I are going to do the same. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing exactly who we're going to say makes it or doesn't make it just for the ALDS. So we're talking about just for the ALDS because we'll worry about the ALCS after we beat the Astros. Ooh, there you go. I like that. I like that. So, you know, it's the irony is this roster is a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be because when I went on with uh, the Waken Bakers, Rosenblum and Grody, 
that had to have been it was at um, Labor Day. I think I went on with those guys, and yeah, because the Wake and Bakers were working on Labor Day, and I thought it was very corporate of them, uh, and they've really changed. But uh, I remember I was I, I thought they were going to ask me about the playoff roster, so I had mine written down for about a month now, and just going back and look at it now, and a lot of the ones that I had question marks by, I think are, are pretty easy slam dunks, and I think you heard us talk about at least one of them and Gavin Sheets. So we'll, we'll get into our rosters and uh, our, our reasoning behind putting those people together on the roster, and we'll see what ours looks like compared to what Rick and Tony's uh, looks like on Monday. So uh, that's all I got, Herbie. Uh, looking forward to doing that with you tomorrow. That is Chris Tannehill. You can follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Eknerwall23, and the show is at Locked on Socks, which I appreciate, and we appreciate making it your first listen every day. And Locked on Socks is available free on Locked on Socks on YouTube every single day. So go there, subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you can see when we drop a video. So for Chris, my name is Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks. All right. Thank you.